0: If I think about like the 15 years that I've spent working in this industry, what has changed really is how fast we need to take actions. And that's another reason why I believe the marketer, the today's modern marketer's job on the brand side is very difficult because they're relying on agency partners or their internal in house agency to prove success and to optimize their dollars, which is a fair ask, but it's challenging.
1: Welcome to 20-Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. 20-Minute Leaders is a proud supporter of Make-A-Wish Israel and Tech2Peace, and is in proud collaboration with Secret Court Ventures, J Ventures, Riverside FM, Fusion VC, Birthright Excel, J-Impact, Leap, Google for Startups, and Hippo, and in media partnership with Tech. We're going to kick off from the exact same place. I'm, I'm very excited for you to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for having me as well. Wonderful. So, so Sasha, tell me a little bit about your story. How did you get into this space from the beginning? A,
0: a, little, bit about, a little bit about your journey from your eyes. So, uh... I first started my career in affiliate marketing, which is basically a way to incentivize and compensate people that have content and blog posts, websites, putting advertising on their space and getting them paid basically if they deliver a sale. So that's where I started 15 years ago. Um, At that time, I worked at an agency in Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, I worked on exciting accounts, uh, Adidas. I worked on Philips. I worked on TrackPhone. And I just fell in love with the people I was working with. The culture was awesome. People were friendly. There was beer at 1 p.m. Sometimes on a Wednesday, which who would stop to love about that? Um, and then I moved to Germany and I started a career in digital media planning. So I got to learn a lot about, you know, how audiences are uh, set up and creative and media. And it just made me really fall in love with this industry and choose a career in it.
1: I, I love it. Okay, and, and what's sort of been... The, the if you're looking back at the main milestones for you throughout your career, how would you describe those those big step functions that you've
0: made? So I think moving to Europe was one big milestone, and seeing how advertising is different in Europe and Germany specifically. Um, two years later, I came back to the U.S. and I uh, started working at an agency here. Um, I jumped around a few agencies here and worked on a variety of accounts. I think I've worked on maybe. 40 different, 50 different accounts in my career. Uh. Wow. So not just working in different continents and different companies, but also working with a lot of different clients from all kinds of verticals, thinking, you know, about financial services, technology, taping gene, food, really get to understand how different businesses and different business models are reliant on advertising to drive, you know, sales or an impact. So very exciting time in my uh, you know, career in the last 15 years. Um, working with a variety of different people and industries as well. Mm-hmm. And so, what does
1: it mean to be senior vice president of media and performance analytics? Well, what, what does that even what, what does that even mean? You know, strategically
0: in terms of what your job is. Well, strategically means I get to work with a lot of really smart people, um, and those are people on the agency side uh, on my team. On other teams that we work with, like creative and account services, as well as a lot of clients, um, my role is overseeing a team of about sixty-five people, and those people are experts in their in their domains and advertising as a whole. But from the media side, you know, this is essentially the way to find audiences and deliver creative or, or messages from a brand. Um, on the performance analytics side, this is all about measuring the impact of what we just did in media. So beautiful media, right? Audience targeting, let's say on Facebook, or on a, a cable network, or you're watching your favorite show on Hulu, or on Netflix, Netflix is getting there. It's not quite there yet. They just started monetizing. Um, that's the media. And then of course, the creative is delivering the message, the banner ad, the Facebook post. So Those two things in media and performance analytics are married uh, in my group because we not only need to plan strategies and and launch them, but we also need to measure what they did. And that's where performance analytics is so critically important.
1: And so you're responsible for that whole chain from the media planning to the the debriefing of how well that media did, respectively,
0: to what you were planning for it? Exactly. So think about, you know, from a real world example, A client comes to us and says, hey, I'm selling, you know, uh, I'm selling shoes online. Um, Here's my budget, you know, $10 million. I need to reach these types of audiences, Um, you know, give me a proposal. So we'll go and plan a media plan around that brief and deliver them a recommendation. So the first stage is planning and strategy. And then once that's approved, we've launched the campaign and that's called activation and then the third and final stage is optimization. And so this is where the feedback loop starts to come into place. Um, we can measure what specific advertising did on uh, a user down to the user level. If it's e-commerce, it's a lot easier because you can track someone's behavior from the minute they were exposed to uh, an ad. And that is called an impression all the way to when they added the pair of shoes to their cart and then they, you know, went to the Shopify page of the e-commerce site. Click checkout, and then the shoes get to their house. We can track that pretty perfectly in the digital world, but in the physical world, it's a little bit more difficult. So yeah,
1: no, no, I'm sure. Okay, so you know where are we at? You know, from from your perspective, the the big opportunities when it comes to to exactly what you were just talking about. So you know, we're in, uh, entering February of 2023. What what's
0: happening in this market? What's happening in the scene? A lot of things are happening, and it's not just specific to this month, but it's been happening for a long time in advertising, uh, which is a very dynamic industry. Things move not by the day, but by the minute sometimes. Um, and there's a lot of different variables that create change. So if you think about the advertising ecosystem, you have three players, really, to simplify. It. You have the people, the consumers. You have the brands, and um, and you know the suppliers. So that's the three part of uh, the, the three parts of um, the ecosystem the agency sits within that so the agency's world like where i work at amp agency um our job is to essentially be strategic consultants on connecting brands to consumers and within that ecosystem there's the suppliers as well so depending on where i want to reach the consumer i can work with facebook i can work with google i can also work with boston Globe.com. um so where we're at today, there's a lot of change, and I think that's been true for the last two years, especially. Um, but we're entering another year of unpredictable behavior in the market, and that's uh, not anything new to us, especially in the U.S. You know, we've seen these moments in time. So 2008, we had a recession. We saw incredible change in the advertising space with various brands you know, dialing up Amazon spend by 28% and decreasing newspaper spend by 27% um, in that time. And then we had COVID, which, you know, started about three years ago here in the US, um, but saw an incredible just change to how people are interacting with media, right? Everyone started using social streaming video like crazy. What people stopped doing was going outside and therefore out of home and outdoor advertising took a plummet temporarily. Um, Acid Live Sports, which were paused. So today, fast forward three years, what we're entering is another year, I, th- I think, of dynamic uh, volatility. So, from an ad agency standpoint, you know, we're seeing this as uh, brands will be very fluid and flexible with their budgets and how they spend and where they spend. They will need to be um, really understanding where every dollar is going, what that impact of that dollar is. So, not anything new to us per se, but something that we are entering, uh, optimistically cautious, I would say this year. Yeah.
1: How do you and your role keep up with the, with the biggest, you know, the, the bigger trend, technological trends to be able to do these optimizations and to be able to, to have a rigorous analysis of, of what are the right mediums? Because it sounds like your role as a strategist is to be able to to leverage information in order to understand how brands connect to people and then what are the right tools to help them do that. And then so obviously these tools are changing and personalized ads are changing and the, the whole go-to-market approaches have been really different. And I can only imagine what's happening now with chatbots. And if, if you have some thoughts about that, I'd love to hear them as well. But how do you, you know, Sasha, keep up with, with all these different advancements and changes?
0: So... Uh, a few different ways. I'd say, me personally, and then my team is incredible at keeping up with uh, ongoing trends um, in a few different ways. So, um, what I'm looking at daily is the news, and when I say the news, I'm talking about uh, industry news. Right? Um, we have a lot of great publications like Ad Age, uh, Digiday, Media Post, that are you know pumping out lots of c- content um, from editors, from experts in the in the space. So, just keeping up with industry trends is very important because, as I mentioned. This industry evolves by the minute sometimes. Um, you know, you open up the front page of Ad Age or Digiday and there's a big merger or a big acquisition that was just announced. And, you know, um, I remember this example a few months ago when Netflix uh, said that we're going to officially offer a paid tier and start ad, uh, an ad supported tier, which is massive news. Um, so I think, you know, looking at trends um, on the news, but also talking to other experts. Um, so my team is really great at connecting with vendors on the supply side, um, as well as our brand and par- our client partners, and just having discussions. Um, mobile privacy is an ongoing topic, right? It started with GDPR and then progressed to um, to other regulations. So the mobile space um, is really changing a lot. And some of it is driven, I would say, by uh, by the supply side, like Google, um, you know, announcing the deprecation of the third-party cookie uh, a few years ago, which is now set for next year. Um, you know, Apple's change to iOS and tracking, and you know, actually making sure that people are opting into being tracked. Um, these changes have massive implications on the ecosystem and what we can and cannot do from an advertising standpoint. So, those two things, I would say, are, are pretty mm-hmm. important to be doing very frequently. Is is looking at the news and, and the trends out there. And just having discussions with um, with our partners on, you know, at Google and Facebook, and also with some of the smaller suppliers as well.
1: Yeah, it sounds like it. So, w- what does your
0: personal day to day like look like for you? Uh, very different every day. Uh, I spend a lot of my time working on new business uh, with my team and with um, other folks at AMP and Advantage, our parent company. Um, you know, that's really the fun part of my job. I loved working on pitches. Um, I love brainstorming with others on, you know, creative media ideas. Um, you know, thinking about, do we fly a blimp over a building and have the client's logo, or do we do some kind of crazy activation, uh, with that's outdoor, you know, with, um, you know, with, with a brand client at EV charging stations in Europe. So that's part of my day is working on new business. Um, Another part of my day is just uh, working with my team on operations, so figuring out the financial uh, performance of our of our agency, of our team, if there are improvements we can make uh, from a resourcing standpoint to make sure that teams are staffed properly. Um, And then, another huge part of my job is just talking to clients and asking them for feedback uh, and asking them how we can, uh, you know, what they think we could be doing better. Um, That is probably uh, the most important. Part of my job right now. Uh, oh, so what did? You, that's a really interesting yeah. point. So what did you
1: find to be the most important pieces for customers for types of service that you provide? For you know what 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 do they really care about at the end? Because obviously there's the whole performance side, right? I mean that's kind of trivial. You know there is you know you have the benchmark and what do you want, but but how what, what do you really what, in terms of the the you know the expectations that perhaps are not as Clear or not as um, intuitive, I would say. What,
0: what, what have you found from those conversations? Um, I think a lot of the success uh, comes, to, or success in a, in a good relationship between our agency and our client partners, comes down to transparency. Um, and part of that transparency, you know, has to do, of course, with pricing and and where their dollars are being spent, um, and things like programmatic, which is, you know. Has uh, unfortunately been a bit murky um, in the past. Uh, I think a, this industry has made a lot of great strides in transparency um, from a programmatic standpoint, but I think just from a fundamental level, transparency in a relationship—you um, know—and it's really no different than than any other transparency you would have with your friends or your partner uh, or anybody else, right? What's going well? What's not going well? And probably that second part is is more important than the first. Uh, but it's you know if uh, something is going well or not going well the most important thing is what, what can we do about it together right so transparency is very important um in that relationship are
1: are the expectations are there are there expect- are there expectations that are changing over time that you find as as you know we as the world of advertising and and uh, part and, and brand awareness is evolving and changing are there different ex- are
0: there are there different expectations that are changing I think uh, in some ways, there are expectations that are changing um, as there are evolutions that come out in this industry. Uh, For example, as media becomes more measurable, the expectation is that we can then deliver insights faster to clients and we can optimize campaigns faster. So beyond the algorithmic power of Google, Facebook, you know, ad algorithms, um, AI targeting, you know, cookie lists audiences, beyond that real-time optimization of campaigns, there is an expectation that we have all of this data. The expectations we need to collect it faster, we need to translate it faster. And when we translate it, we need to understand what it's telling us so that we can make actionable optimizations faster. So I think just from a bar setting standpoint, The industry has evolved, more media is measurable, and media that was never measurable in the past is becoming more measurable, like streaming video. And so therefore there's this expectation that we're going to be able to be much more nimble and much more agile in optimizing campaigns. So I think that's kind of the primary trend. If I think about like the 15 years that I've spent working in this industry, what has changed really is how fast we need to take actions. And that's another reason why I believe the marketer the today's modern marketer's job on the brand side is very difficult because they're yeah. relying on agency partners or their internal in-house agency to prove success and to optimize their dollars which is a fair ask but it's challenging.
1: From from, from your experience now what are, what are the, what is the bigger improvement that we that we hope to see in our ability to measure you talked about you know the the media me- ability to measure as a core as a core piece of our ability of, of the evolution of of the you know the space what is the next big step function that you observe to be in the space um
0: i think there is a few so the trends right now are kind of pointing to, let's say, uh, somewhat a volatile market, especially in the US, right? So we're entering a potential recession. We are still recovering from from you know the tidal wave of COVID. Um, so a lot of what the focus has been on now is how do we remain flexible with media investment um, and do it in a way that we can move dollars and optimize? So beyond the measurement of how is something doing, There's a need to optimize and there are certain levers we can pull and one of those levers is which audiences we go after. So audience targeting, right? Um, One huge powerful tool in the toolbox is first party data. So if you think about the data ecosystem, you know, in advertising language, first party data is the data that somebody owns. So let's say a brand um, like Sam Edelman uh, or Stop and Shop or Aval del Hayes, right? Um, Aval del Hay's is one of the largest grocery brands mm-hmm. in the world. Uh, we we're fortunate enough to work with them and they have a lot of first party data. So if you go grocery shopping, um, what are you buying? How often are you buying it? What times of the day are you buying one item and then you're buying the next item, right? So a basket builder item. Um, so being able to use that first-party data, which a brand owns, and target audiences, either new audiences that we haven't discovered, get them to come to our stores, or target audiences that uh, are existing and get them to buy more and to spend more. So that's one powerful tool is the first-party data. Third-party data is data that the brand does not own. So this is data that, let's say, Google has on your search behavior. So being able to use the best combination of first and third party data and to kind of find new audiences, do it strategically without spending a lot of money and doing it cost efficiently. That's a very big trend that the industry is looking at right now. And there's things like clean rooms that are being developed where a brand can take their data, they can merge it with third party data to find new audience segments. But they do it in a in a clean room, right? And they do it in a way that the data is not being shared um, in a in a, let's say, you know, in an unethical way, in a non-privacy way.
1: Yeah. No, I think that's a, it's, that's a really interesting um, take on, on something that I've been thinking about a lot recently myself. So thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. I'd love to wrap up uh, the episodes asking you the, the core question of, of why do you do what you do? So sort of like why, you know, you when you actually, you know, reflect back on on what you're doing and, you know, what what it means to you,
0: What what is it that that makes you enjoy what you're doing so much? Honestly, uh, the people I work with, <laughs> um, and I mean the people on my team and people on the client's uh, side that we work with. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've worked with some of the smartest people I've, I've known in my life here. And, you know, day in and day out, I'm talking to new people or, you know, folks on my team or folks on the client side that are just so smart in, in the world of advertising, but a lot of different other subjects beyond advertising. So I feel like I'm constantly getting my brain stimulated with new information and learning a lot. And um, I think that's one reason. The other reason is solving challenges for many different kinds of clients. So I I mentioned, you know, an example of a grocery client, Avil Del Hayes, that we work with, you know, working with clients that are selling checking accounts or brokerage accounts or clients that are, you know, large social networks. Um, You just feel like I'm always kind of learning uh, and how to solve these challenges with advertising. So two reasons why I love what I do. Sasha, thank you so much for a great,
1: great episode. And uh, thank you for sharing with me your story. I, I really appreciate it. And I'm uh, wishing you best of luck and uh, continue enjoying what you're doing. And thank you for coming and sharing with All me right. your insights. Thank you for having
0: me, Matthias It was a pleasure. Thanks so much. Mm-hmm.